Poke in your face. Poke in your face. Are you talking to the cat? Obviously. Okay. Poke in your face. Unless she's poking herself in the face. I know. She is on a lot of NyQuil. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Max. <laughs> oh my god. What? just happened i was rubbing his tummy and he got really into it and he rolled sideways when he was right on the edge of the bed so he just rolled off the edge of the bed do we start over or do we just keep going just keep going (sighs) welcome to the gem jam this is the gem jam where we do an episode by episode recap of the 1980s cartoon gem and the holograms as well as the comic because both are truly truly outrageous today we are really excited we are covering issue six of the comic we are covering showtime part six today and uh, this is actually wrapping up our first story arc uh which means that we are as always in the countdown to tech rap mode one more episode Right, next issue is apparently supposed to debut Tepcrap, but uh, but in the meantime, let's enjoy what we have been given this week from Thompson Campbell and Roboto. Which is right on the cover, Angry Pizzazz, so that, that we already know we're in for some good stuff. Oh yeah, that's the best way to start your day, is Pizzazz staring into your soul and finding you wanting. With enormous lightning bolt earrings. Yes. The previously played, well, the first off is, is Aja getting smashed under all that lighting equipment. And then Rio sneaking Aja coffee into, at the hospital. I'm not sure why this is in the previously page, but I do like it. I guess just to establish that Rio's a good dude. Yeah, just to establish that Rio exists and brings people coffee in the hospital. I don't know. Kind of his thing. He just brings people coffee now. I like this Rio. He's a good Rio. He's a Rio we can all enjoy. And then the next is them getting ready at the festival. And then we get the makings of the X-Men food fight between (laughs) the Misfits and the Holograms because Kimber recognizes Clash, who was the one who dropped all those lights. I love the panel that we have of this recap of the confrontation is Clash actually approaching with coffees, looking like really happy and pleased with herself. So we have our X-Men food fight. To be clear, on the first page, we have the aftermath of our X-Men food fight, which what the hell happened to Roxy? Is Roxy covered in bubblegum or what? What is that, pie filling? I think it's all cake. I think it's all cake, yeah. It's incredible. Like, every single one of our of our glam rockers has been completely covered in food, Roxy in particular. This is actually a part of our preview for this month's issue. Clash is the only one who isn't covered in food. It's amazing. She is somehow completely clean. I also totally love that we're actually seeing a lineup of all of our characters, like an actual lineup. Yeah, and seeing who's tallest and who's shortest. I wasn't expecting Kimber and Pizzazz to be that close in height. Or or Roxy to be that short, honestly. Roxy is tiny. But tiniest is Shayna, the tiniest of them all. What I totally love, though, is that this very first page really just sort of hits home exactly what is different uh, between the comic and the cartoon in that there are consequences for things. Our first scene here is both the holograms and the misfits in the aftermath of the incident. This is like a board of directors for the Misfits Versus event. Am I reading that right? Yeah, it looks like. I mean, just to, just to quote, unfortunately, the rules are very clear on this kind of thing. Gem and the Hologram signed a contract that forbids this kind of behavior. I'm afraid your band is ejected from the competition. And nobody likes this. Pizzazz is mad because then she doesn't get to face off against the Holograms and destroy them on stage. And Kimber's mad, well, because her band's getting ejected. Also, Kimber's covered in nachos, I'm guessing. 
I hope it's nachos. Yeah, we get this little moment where uh, Kimber and Pizzazz are just glaring at each other, and it's great. They're just at each other's throats. First, Kimber's like, they freaking tried to kill us, and we're out. And then Pizzazz comes out, like, you little liar, and her eyes are red. I love Pizzazz's red eyes in this comic. It's incredible. And the other misfits are, like, holding her back. Kimber, throughout this conversation, tries to bring up the fact that she's pretty sure the misfits orchestrated, basically, the hit on them. Jerrica tries to bring up that Aja was hospitalized, but unfortunately it's circumstantial at best, the connection to the misfits and Clash. It's, it's also a really good character moment between Kimber and Jerrica because Kimber, meanwhile, is like, they tried to murder us! And she's just kind of illogically shouting it over and over. Whereas Jerrica's like, you can understand how upset we are. My sister was in the hospital. And it's trying to like be more logical and calm about it. And it's, it's pretty good. Jerrica's actually trying to arbitrate this, whereas Kimber's just yelling. And it's nice, again, seeing Jerrica taking more of a leadership role in this. I feel like with the extraordinarily shy person that she was, even at the beginning of issue one, I feel like she's actually grown over the course of these six issues to the point where she's actually trying to mediate this. Jerrica brings up that the misfits seem to be exempt from this rule that is ejecting the holograms from the competition, and the board points out that misfits are hosting this competition. They can't be ejected from it. The rules don't apply to them. And then we get Shayna covered in what appears like with a little ice cream cone coming flying out of her hair and covered in cake says that is such crap. I love when Shayna gets angry. Like, in general, it's the best. She's like a tiny angry kitten. Oh, she is a tiny little angry kitten. Oh, goodness. And then, surprise of all, Pizzazz steps in, calm and collected, and goes, if it's all the same to the board, we'd just assume the holograms not to be ejected. And kind of stands there for them, because, you know, she wants to destroy them, admittedly. But she's still kind of standing up for them, wanting them to stick in. Yeah, it's kind of cool that Pizzazz is actually interested in not, like, just randomly killing the holograms. She's She actually wants to show that she's better than them just on the same playing field. Which, again, kind of a nice change from uh, Cartoon Pizzazz. Well, it's a, it's a change anyway. I, I hold so much love in my heart for Cartoon Pizzazz, who's just like, let's kill him! She's just ready to commit a murder at any point in the day. But no, the, the board's decision is final. The holograms are disqualified and will leave the premises immediately. We get this very sad panel of all their faces. And that actually leads to us having a couple of scenes with like, with our cast after everyone has just taken a shower. And I gotta say, I kind of like just like post-shower casual clothes, everybody. It's interesting to see everybody out of their makeup. And I love how Stormer's hair, even after a shower, is still doing the thing. It's just frizzing out everywhere. It doesn't even look like she's tried to put it up or anything. No, it just does that. And so the Misfits are honestly, like, sincerely bummed that the holograms have been ejected. They honestly all feel bad. They have this moment where Roxy's like, what are we gonna do? Pizzazz is uh, kind of showing some remarkable maturity in the next moment. She's like, well, we're gonna get cleaned up and we're gonna put on a fantastic show because we deliver. Oh, and she takes a little bit of time to uh, threaten uh, Stormer into not seeing Kimber again. Like, super in her face about this. And make sure that she wants plausible deniability on the whole Clash tried to murder Gem thing. So she says, we know nothing and we're keeping it that way. Do not tell us. Honestly, like shockingly, shockingly intelligent in this case. Yeah. Which I also kind of like. And I kind of hope, you know, it's because of her background with her dad. I would be so happy if we ever see Daddy Gabor Bucks in this comic. Especially if he looks exactly the same. Oh my God, right? At the same desk with that same like stars and stripes picture. So Stormer heads out, uh, Clash exits the trailer as well to find Blaze there. Blaze was apparently going to meet the Misfits tonight. So, you know, yet more disappointment for Blaze. Stormer tries to call Kimber. 
And then we actually do a really nice cut of uh, Stormer calling. And then we see Kimber looking at her phone and declining the call. And that's when we switch to our scene with the holograms. Who have not had a chance to shower yet because they're still at the van. That food must be like hours old by this point. They must feel so gross. So while Kimber just sits in the car and sighs really, really loud, which is kind of Kimber's MO, Rio and Jerrica are having a conversation outside of the van. And it's another fight over Jim. And Rio brings up some very valid points in this. Especially as someone who has no idea that Jerrica is also Jim. To an outsider, these are completely valid. Yeah, he's like, she's leaving this all on you. She abandons you at the hospital. I've never seen her rehearse. And basically, he brings up all the stuff that he had been talking about on their first date of the carnival. About how he hates divas because they totally ruin bands. Jerrica is still really bad at, like, deflecting this whole thing. So Rio starts apologizing again. And she's just like, can, can you leave? Please leave. Which, to his credit, he does. Rio knows when to back off in this, even though it's not quite right that he should be apologizing all the time for bringing up some good points. And he's at least apologizing for upsetting her. And he's apologizing for this conversation going south. And it's it's good of him. And then and then Jerrica actually calls Kimber the queen of size, which is amazing. I mean, she just kind of takes her hand, leads her into the house. It's like, I don't know what you're going to do. Come on, sweetie. Let's get you cleaned up. And then we get to see the holograms in their post-shower outfits. And then they bring up, so, uh, Kimber, have you been secretly dating Stormer from the Misfits? There's this long beat. It's it's well done. It's it's well paneled in here that, like, there's that moment of, like, have you been secretly dating Stormer? It's a long, narrow panel that's a really good indication of stretching the silence across that moment. And <laughs> Kimber's like, okay, yes! Because Kimber is terrible at keeping secrets. Oh my god, does she hide in her hair there in that next panel? Yeah, she does. Oh my gosh, that adorable baby giraffe. Dodge is all like, well, you should have told us. And Kimber gets in, what's well, none of your business? Then this get, turns into a whole thing, including Aja slipping up and saying, like, it seems like you knew it was wrong. And Kimber makes an assumption, which is a fair one. And she's like, it's not wrong. And I'm just like, whoops, sorry, wrong choice of words. Yeah, I like that Aja is also a character that immediately backs up. Like, whoa, you're right. Totally misspoke there. Strike that, reverse it. And then Jerick is the one who pops in and is like, I, I think Aja means that we're worried. You always tell us who you're dating and why did you have to hide it? Jerrica's like, no more secrets. Clearly the misfits can't be trusted. Kimber looks really sadly at her phone. And there's so many text messages from Stormer. I'm calling you. Please pick up. Kimber, please answer. Let me explain. Please answer. Are you there? Please text me back. Kimber. And then sad face. This has been happening from 4.45 to 5.21. She has been doing this constantly, and it is terrible for my heart. Even though they just sort of found this out, and they might feel a little hurt that she kept a secret from them. The holograms are all there for their sister. Yeah, it's adorable and sad, but adorable. And also they don't like immediately, uh, they don't immediately diss Stormer like they would in the cartoon. They're like, maybe she didn't know. She looked pretty shocked. And then we ended in a bit of a pillow fight. Aja makes a crack and then Kimber whomps her with a pillow. They're just, they're just sisters. It's nice. And Kimber's got little, are those octopodes on her pajama pants? Cephalopod PJs. Add that to my growing list of things the holograms and misfits wear that I super want. And there's like, well, what are we going to do? There's nothing we can do. And then Jerrica gets an idea. And she points out, as as Jerrica and Gemma won't to do in the cartoon, wait a minute, we have freaking holograms. 
And Alex is like, can we completely destroy the misfits on stage? Jerk is like, yeah. And everyone immediately agrees. They don't even know what this plan is. And they're like, yes. Sight unseen. Yeah. And then I'm really happy on the next page. I think we all are. Because the limp lizards are performing. (laughs) And they're playing their only song. I love any time the limp lizards perform in the cartoon because it's like the shrillest voice. They are the worst. I love them so much. Also, I want to point out the announcer's wearing an Autobot t-shirt. He totally is. Also, nice to note that Roboto, the uh, the colorist, has chosen to go with blue for the limp lizards as a nice contrast to the green of the Misfits music and the pink of Holograms music. Further cementing the fact that the limp lizards are the number three band in the world. And I like the fact that Sophie has taken the time to, even in this really sketchy, sort of tiny drawing of the limp lizards there, because I mean, obviously these guys are like in here for five seconds. But even in this time, she has taken the time to give them rad shoes. Anyway, the announcer says that, you know, the holograms have been ejected from the competition due to this unforeseen development as a thank you for your patience and understanding. The Misfits have agreed to play a full set after the Battle of the Bands competition ends. Which is really cool of them. The audience yelling goes from boo to woo in the space of like a speech bubble. The rest of this issue is just like incredible. Beginning with the fact that everybody's hair has changed in what has this been like a couple hours maybe? Yeah, Pizzazz completely shaved her head. She's got buzz saw earrings. Where does she get those? I want them. Those aren't safe. What I want to know is how have these things not like messed with the mic on her ear? That's a good question. Rio is also here backstage. He's like, put a whole can of moose in his hair for some reason. We're talking like Dragon Ball Z hair here. He looks like a sports anime protagonist. Rio believes in the heart of the cards. Clash and Rio know each other because I guess they both hang out with the misfits. Clash introduces Blaze to Rio. They share a little meeting thing. And then Rio's phone starts going off. And he says, hey, how are you? Yeah, I can do that. Give me half an hour. And I hope you guys are ready for another freaking Maho Shoujo transformation. Because on the next page, everybody gets cute outfits. They're all amazing. Jerrica is like, okay, that's the last bit. Are we sure about this? Everybody's totally in with her. Synergy is there. She's like, it's a good plan. Because Synergy, you know, is, is somebody that they want to talk to and ask advice of, which is nice. So we go through our little Maho Shoujo transformation, and I'm assuming the holograms holograms are helping out everybody with their outfits, too. Kimber's got, like, the super cute mohawk going on. Aja's hair is now down to her butt. Shayna's hair is gigantic, beautiful clouds of natural hair. Also, I totally love Shayna's outfit here. That bodysuit? That's great. Yeah, it's like this purple and black sort of spray-painted bodysuit and like the sleeves sort of dissipate into these like spray paint marks on her on her arms. They're really cool looking. Yeah, they're really taking advantage of the fact that, you know, this is holograms. Yeah, and this is the kind of stuff that really made Sophie Campbell's art really shine when she did that fan art of just like busts of Gem and the Holograms and the Misfits from like, I think that was back in 2011, when it was just like, you know what, this clothing isn't real. Let's make it completely ridiculous. It's nice to see her hearkening back to those sort of totally off the wall designs. And the next page has the best thing ever. The guitar motorcycles. They have the guitar motorcycles. They arrive on stage in the friggin' guitar motorcycles from episode one. Only these actually look like they could work. They've got engines. You can see them in the back. They've got exhaust pipes. I mean, the handlebars are still kind of dumb, but I mean, these things look like they could actually go a little more than the other ones. I I can let it go at this point. I'm happy to let it go at this point. We've got a good suspension to disbelief going on here. When I saw this page, 
I shrieked. I was reading it and suddenly I said, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. And Jeremy comes bustling out of his bedroom going, huh? And I go, look, guitar motorcycles. I can't believe this actually happened. I was so sure that the guitar motorcycles were too ridiculous. And I am so happy to be wrong. They just arrived on stage to like pull tricks with their sweet guitar motorcycles before trying their set. This is the most unbelievable thing. And I love it. This is something that conceivably the most popular band in the world would do. Is, hey, let's go on on motorcycles. No, guitar motorcycles. Who commissioned these? I get the feeling they got the same guy who like built all the props for Mad Max Fury Road. So they just called up George Miller and said, hey, can we talk to your props guy? <laughs> the Misfits will ride to Valhalla, Cheyenne Chrome. So the Misfits perform. They're doing Attack of the Night. They're totally freaking awesome. And then something happens. And people start going pink. And I, and I really appreciate how the call, how like the lighting and collar is used in this to show people getting distracted. Yeah, Roboto is always on point. She is always fantastic. But I gotta say, I think the last five pages of this issue, she is in incredible form here. She did an amazing job with the colors on these last five pages. We get um, several of the audience members like turning pink to symbolize that they are getting distracted by something. And then we get the wonderful pink and blue swirlies coming in. We don't even have any lyrics attached to it, but there's still these jagged like lightning bolt shape like music things coming out from the misfits. And then they slowly creep in these, these swirly pink stars and lines and stuff that like almost drown out the misfits sound. In the last panel, we've got like little explosions in Pizazz's eyes because she's mad. And here's the thing, guys. You're seeing this, right? You're seeing the crowd from a misfit show actually turning out and walking in the opposite direction in a 180. Do you know what's happening here? This is episode one of the cartoon. They set up across the street. This is incredible. This is like, this is another thing that I never thought would happen. I never thought that they would make that ridiculous turn at the end of episode one actually happen. I mean, granted, we don't really have like a millionaire showing up out of nowhere to show off a picture of his mansion that he has sitting around. But still, that could be the start of issue seven for all we know. That's true. We could see Howard Sands. But I mean, this is so well done. Like, I am so jazzed about everything that is happening in this comic right now. And then we get that bit from Back to the Future 2 with the shark, only it's Jem and then a T-Rex. Right, right, because the misfits get on their freaking motorcycles and drive them to where everybody is, which looks like an abandoned warehouse which has this amazing, like, hologram sign in front of it for Jem and the holograms, because, again, they have freaking holograms. And this time, they're not afraid to know, note that they have holograms in their name, so why not be like, hey, look, guys, we got holograms in our show, isn't that cool? They mentioned having a little bit of it in their music video, and it's so cool to actually see them utilize synergy the way that they always kind of said that they did in the cartoon. Instead of informed attractiveness, informed holograms. But in this case, it's not informed. Synergy's weird sense of humor kicks in here with the T-Rex terrorizing the misfits. And I totally love, I totally love that the dead center of this page is pizzazz staring up at the gem and the hologram sign with just this tiny no and the holograms music symbols are just sort of swirling around her making her the focal point and it's it's so good so they head into the warehouse 
And there's the holograms. You actually see Shayna playing a real set of drums and not like those dinky little drum pads in the cartoon. She looks so calm and collected. Like she's like, I know I'm amazing. You know I'm amazing. Let's freaking do this. And Kimber is just like losing herself to the freaking guitar. Damn, Aja's earrings are long. Can I just say that Aja looks so cute right now? Like her outfit is great. And like on the splash page of them all singing the song of uh, it, it's it's basically it's their one song they have right now, except for the one that Jerrica and Kimber co-wrote. But like Aja in particular just looks so excited to be here. She's power stancing and everything. I also totally didn't notice that Shayna had like a star buzzed into the side of her head, which is totally awesome. So they finish their song. They're totally incredible. That silhouette of them performing and like Jem's hair is... Yeah, her hair is defying the laws of gravity. It's just going right up. And the misfits look furious. Oh, they're mad. Oh, they're so mad. All of them are, even Stormer. Oh my gosh. The bottom half of our last page of this issue is this great effect where it's it's got the shadow on the top of the panel as it zooms in on each of them just glaring at the stage. And we have our last line. Misfits, this means war. Panel takes the time to highlight her buzzsaw earring just to hammer that home a little bit. And that that's our last line. That wraps up our first six issues. That wraps up our first storyline of this comic. That's so awesome. You guys, let's do a brief retrospective. I have been blown away by this comic. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy too. It's, it's legitimately everything I wanted. Thompson absolutely knows what she's doing. She has written an incredible thing. Everyone on this team has just been spectacular. The art has been incredible. The colors have been mind-blowing. It's just, it's been great. I I was trying to compare and contrast the other day with my brother, um, the difference between this and what they're doing with the movie. And I think the main difference is that the movie is trying to gloss over the silly aspects, whereas as we've seen in this issue, they're taking the silly aspects and like, okay, let's do this. It's, it's awesome. That's absolutely been it. In modernizing a thing, what the movie seems to be doing is grounding it, making it more believable. That's not what you go to Gem for. It's not what you need from a show about the two most famous bands in the world regularly getting into shenanigans, going to China, getting on deserted islands, racing in the Indy 500. The source material is not sound. Like, Marx herself declared that thing was basically a soap opera with murder. And the comic sees this and is like, yeah, let's do it. Let's modernize it and make it as ridiculous as it was. We can do that while still making it seem kind of realistic. Sophie Campbell her art style and her designs have been so on point and I think that they have been such a huge help in really capturing the style of this. She has been the perfect artist for this and I am really excited to see what the uh, what the artist for the next couple of issues is going to bring to the table. Sophie is uh, taking a break. She'll be back in issue 11. In the meantime, we have Emma Viacelli. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. We'll have that artist on issues uh, 7 through 10, which is going to be our Tech Rat storyline, which we are seeing super stoked about. If you guys check out our Tumblr, TechRat's design has actually been posted. His, uh, his, his card. I love his bio so much. He hates most people, politics, peanuts, cat videos. This is not what the internet is for, people, and daytime talk shows. TechRat has a Tumblr blog titled Welcome to My Twisted Mind. I can't wait for TechRat, guys. For those of you who got the issue day of from Comixology, you'll want to double check Comixology, try and refresh, because there will be an update 
Unfortunately, the first digital release somehow did not include the hologram section, and the update puts that back in. It's just a single page. It's a letter from Sophie about how much working on the gem and the holograms has meant to her. It's a really nice letter. You should totally give it a read. It's heartwarming. She also talks a little about... Well, here... Gem has also been a new strange experience for me because I finally came out as transgender after I finished the first issue. I'd considered coming out before issue one, but decided not to because I was really scared about my boss's reactions. I felt like I was pulling the rug out from under them after the comic had already begun, and I was afraid of the fans' reaction and afraid of destroying my career. Basically, I was scared of literally everything, but it all turned out better than I could have imagined. Gem is even more personal to me than it otherwise would have been. It's the first comic I've done as my true self, and in some ways, I feel like Gem is where I finally cut loose and the floodgates have opened artistically and emotionally. In my mind, Jem will forever be associated with all that and how totally amazingly supportive everyone has been. Talking about how she were able to really cut loose the floodgates were opened artistically and emotionally, I think you can tell in the art because it's, I've seen some of Sophie's other work and this is the best thing of hers that I've ever seen. I Unfortunately, I haven't seen much of Sophie's other work aside from a couple of stills here and there for I think Wet Moon, but Her art style has just been incredible. I feel like even over the course of the past six months, like the way that she draws everything has gone from like a 10 to like a 12. She's loosened up a lot. She's just gone completely dynamic and Roboto's coloring has only gotten more bold as time's gone on. This is a great comic, you guys. I'm so glad we're doing this. We'll actually be seeing you guys later this month because between now and Tech Rat time, at the very end of the month, we are actually going to be seeing the Gem Annual released. Kit, why don't you run down what, a, what an annual tends to be for, uh, for those of us who are more green to comics? Okay, so an annual is, as it sounds like from the name, uh, it's a comic that comes out in a series about once a year. It's usually like twice as big as the comic usually is. And it's often a story that you can do without rating, but it's like a special once yearly bonus story. In this case, I believe it's going to be a bunch of short stories. Yeah, I believe they've rounded up a bunch of different artists and writers to uh, to do a whole bunch of small short stories for this. But um, you can probably get away with not reading this in terms of like chronological order, but at the same time, why would you skip this? This is going to have baby holograms in it. There's a baby hologram story, but we'll definitely be reviewing that. Uh, we'll be reviewing the next issue as well. So you're going to see us a lot this month. I hope you guys really like our voices because you're going to be hearing them a lot. We're sorry. And I just realized I sound a little bit like Chris Sims, so... A wee bit. So if you like Chris Sims, you might also enjoy Kit. Talking about 80s cartoons. Well, to be fair, that is kind of Chris Sims' thing as well. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm stealing his hashtag brand now. I'm like a discount dollar store Chris Sims. (laughs) Sorry to horn in on your act, Chris. We are a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find us on Patreon at the Gem Jam. Uh, we have recently revamped our tiers for our Patreon, so you can go ahead and check that out. We made sure you get a little more bang for your buck. Uh, if you want to contribute a dollar, that'd be super cool, or to spread the word, that's also great. Speaking of which, if you could give us a like or review on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. iTunes in particular, that really helps our metrics. That'd be super cool. We love to hear from you, those of you who have commented. We are super glad that you're enjoying everything. We would love to hear more from you. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. Tumblr, we mentioned earlier, this is where we post some of our extra content, uh, which is basically tends to be Tech Rat Watch because you guys know we love Tech Rat. And we've been alerted every time there is new information on Tech Rat, and we super appreciate it. You guys are great. You can find the Gem of the Hologram 
Instagram's comic at your local comic book shop. You can also find it on Comixology. If you're looking for a local comic book shop in your area and you want to make sure that it's one that's not super skeezy, we recommend checking out the Valkyries. Uh, they're a great organization. If not, Comixology is super your pal and it is really great for digital comics. So until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we remind you, if it ain't outrageous, don't fix it.